for listening to Hope Central's latest message. You can learn more about Hope Central or find more messages at hopecentral.org.au. of talking today, like Tonya, about the disordered world, money, sex, power and temptations. So, I've uh, titled this message, Making Room. Now, we've got a lot to get through, so I'm going to try and speed this up, but yeah, if you haven't seen me around Elizabeth, you probably some of you have probably seen my face, if you haven't, this is what it looks like. <laughs> Alright, you're probably thinking straight away, geez, there's some eyebrows. <laughs> Don't judge, God made me, so be careful. All right, so first, first off, we're going to straight into James 4, 6 and 7. But he gives you more grace, therefore it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Now, before I go to verse 7, if you don't hear anything about what I'm going to talk to you about today, or what the Word's trying to, or the Holy Spirit's leading me to say, this last verse is exactly what it's all about. So, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Amen? All right, so you're probably thinking, why the suit jacket, Ev? Good question. Um, while prepping for this sermon, um, I sat down with the Holy Spirit, and straight away he just said, business, 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 business. So what do you do when you go to do business? You suit up. So when I put the suit jacket on, we're going to do some business, because I feel like this message is a bit of a testimony of mine as well. But I really feel that there's going to be some breakthrough and some business here, like it was at Salisbury last week. So, pay yourselves. <laughs> All right. I've got a, found a quote by H. Lamar Smith. Now, there's two sections. So I'm going to read out the first one, and then we're going to touch on the second one later. So, how do you lose your way? Turn to your own way. Follow any path that presents itself to you. Choose ease and comfort. Neglect the truth and justice. Follow impulses, appetites and peers. Be swept along by streams of the surrounding culture. Reject discipline. Neglect the wisdom of those who have gone before. Be self-sufficient and unteachable. That sounds like a disordered person, doesn't it? Imagine that. That's what you know, someone says, oh, what, do you, what do you think of Ev? And they read that out. You'd be a bit worried, wouldn't you? So we're going to quickly touch on Moses when he flees to Midian. One day when Moses had grown up, he went out to his people and looked over their burdens. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his people. So if you don't know, Moses is a Hebrew-born son. And then the story goes on, he basically grew up in the Egyptian royalty. He looked this way and he looked that. And seeing no one, he struck down the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. When he went out the next day, behold, two Hebrews were struggling together. And he said to the man in the wrong, Why do you strike down your companion? He answered, Who made you the prince and the judge over us? Do you mean to kill me like you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, Surely the thing is known. When Pharaoh heard of it, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and stayed in the land of Midian. And he sat down by a well. Now that story sounds a bit chaotic too, doesn't it? So you sort of see a theme, a bit of disorder, a bit of chaos 
starting to resemble itself. Well, that's good. So a few things here. We see that regardless of Moses growing up through royalty, so the, you know, delved in the pleasures of sin, had all the monetary value, had that love and affirmation from all the people around him, but he still had that heart for his people. He still wanted to see justice for his people. But we see here in verse 12 when it comes undone. He looked this way and he looked that. Now I'm going to have a hunch that he looked around and looked around just to make sure no one was watching before he took justice into his own hands. But that's when his first attempt to see justice for his people fail. Did I just hear someone say why? why? Oh, good. Really excellent. <laughs> Love a bit of con- engagement. It's good. It's because Moses had still a lot to learn. He was still trying to do things in his own strength, take justice and authority in his own hands. He was still looking around, trying to work it out, trying to see what's going on, instead of looking upward. He had disorder which caused him to flee from death and chill out by a well. So my first question for you today is, are you losing your way? Are you feeling the pressures from the enemy and the things of the world to feel disordered, to have a bit of chaos in your life? And darkness, this is a real thing for us Christians. We spiritually have a battle consistently that we need to fight for. So that word I've been referring to straight away is disorder. Some other names used to describe, I can just see that, how good. Uh, Chaotic, chaotic, messy, muddled, scattered and disconnected. So like Moses when he was taking things in his own hands, does this sound a little bit like your life or have been your life? A bit of chaos? bit messy, a bit muddled, a bit disconnected, scattered? And or is there something in your life and sin that's completely consuming you? Now, God reveals himself and tries to te- or teaches you in the most weirdest of times. I'm going to share one with you, which is interesting. So I was on a job, so I'm a jip rocker by trade. I was on a job of building this new office fit out, getting getting slammed, I was, I'm a supervisor too, so I'm phone call, phone call, pressure, this, blah, blah, blah. my life was chaos on this Monday morning, it was un, unreal, I had to six, or was it 16 phone calls before 8 o'clock, and I'm thinking, wow, anyway, so I'm a celiac as well, so a bit of comfort food in the morning, a bit of coffee, you know what's coming, so all this chaos is going on, and then I sort of, oh, I've got to get this job done, I've got people waiting for me, I've got to get it done, right, right, it's just, everything was just going, and I'll start feeling the cramping. And I know I've got three and a half to five minutes before crunch time. <laughs> Didn't know this place, so I thought, well, I better go find out. So I'm running up these stairs to the office, banging on the door. I said, oh, you got a toilet? Yeah, it's just back down the stairs. <laughs> to your right. All right, no worries. So I'm running down the stairs. And you know running down the stairs, jiggle, jiggle, sort of helps <laughs> things on its way. So I got to the bottom, ran, and then, you know, that, you know when your brain just says you're good to go? I saw the sign and my brain was like, yeah, good. So I'm <laughs> trying to get there to the toilet, but eventually just bust the door open, got down, sat down, and went, oh, thank the Lord. <laughs> that total relief from all that chaos, but it wasn't over yet. <laughs> oh, I will. So I turned to the right and looked and went, my heart sank. <laughs> no toilet paper. So I did a Moses. I started looking around and around, thinking my heart sank again. No sign of toilet paper. So in my brain, I'm thinking, I'm going to have to do one of those jeans around the ankle sort of jobbies, like shuffles to find some toilet paper. 
And just before I got up the toilet, I felt God tell me, Evan, look up. Really? Right now? <laughs> All right, you're in control. So I looked up. And no word of a lie, in the windowsill are 12 rolls of toilet paper. <laughs> we need to stop looking around and down for the answers to our problems and start looking up and focusing on the one who is the solution. He is in control. And like this lady right here, see how happy and relieved she is? That was me. So what if I told you I'm excited to share a breakthrough that's happened in my life that I am absolutely 100% positive there will be breakthrough in your life too? Would you be excited? Yeah. Good. Now, FYI, it's not just about finding toilet paper. So let's get that out of the story. So a bit about me. I lived a very fluffy Christian life. Uh, I had a lot of disorder in my life. Uh, those big four, you know, money, sex, power, temptations really ruled in my life, you know, I'm a hard worker, I work really hard and I wanted to open my own business so then I had the power, I got to choose what work I wanted to do and who I did jobs for, put the rubbish ones aside and take the good ones. I wanted that money because I wanted to buy my toys and have fun and um, I really struggled as a man with temptations and that ruled in my life and that caused me to have a really weird outlook on sex and stuff like that. So I was just consumed by all these things in my life until... A mate of mine and another mate of mine went away for a weekend, a bit of a boys' trip, sort of, you know, a bit of iron sharp as iron. And uh, we sort of said, have some time together, pray together, and we'll come back together and sort of give each other some words from God. And my mate Andrew is like, Ev, I've got a word for you. I'm like, oh, yes, word from God. It's going to be so good. He's going to use me. It's going to be fired up. It's got me all G'd up. And he said, the word's priorities. I think you need to go pray harder, brother. But he was dead set right. Priorities. Now I wanted to share with you how setting spiritual priorities has changed me. It hasn't changed my life. I'm still susceptible to sicknesses and struggles and pressures of work and the dramas of having a blended family and you know we still have those fights with friends and me and the wife have you know we we got a resolution but anyway. But, the, but it didn't change my life, it changed me. It gave me the, a new perspective. And that's what it's all about, because I started seeing the situations through God's eyes, not my own. It started to help me realise the things that I was chasing and desiring, they're not going to chase me to the ends of the world, wanting a relationship with me. They don't want to see me flourish and do well. And they can't heal me and give me victory in pain and and trauma. I started having all that white noise, all that conflict. I should do this, don't do this, do this, do this, do this. Oh, I just had tension all the time. And that sort of dawned upon me. And I do get passionate, I do get emotional, so just beware. I'll do my best. I started to need, I needed to make room for God in my life. I needed to make Him Number one. Now we see here, it's not just about putting God first, then myself, Hannah, etc. This is what God laid upon my heart, that God needs to be involved 
in every area. In Galatians 5, 16, 18, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For those who are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Now, doesn't that sound like a chaotic arm wrestle and a tug of war? Beautiful picture. It's so true. You get so caught up in listening to the enemy, listening to the, you know, your angel, the devil and the angel on the shoulder situation. And that can cause a lot of strain and that can cause a lot of head noise. And to the point where you have that conflict of, I can't have the confidence to make that decision. I, don't, I can't hear from God. I don't, I, just so much going on. So who gets frustrated when they can't hear from God in your situations or decisions that you need to make in your life? The simple question is, have you made room for God? As it says in James 4.8, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. So who needs to flick the devil? Who needs to get rid of him? Get that rubbish and lies and deceit out of your head. Because if you want to hear of Jesus and you want to hear God in your life, for instance, if you want him to hear him in your life, you've got to ask him to be present. Shape me, mould me, use me. Make room for him in your life. If you want to hear him in your marriages, ask him to be centre. Pray together, pray for each other. And if there's disconnection, ask him to intervene. Let him be the control and the solution. If you want to hear him in your home, he stands at the door. Open the door. Let him in. Talk to him with your family. Pray together. Make room. If you want to hear him in your workplace, start your day off with God. Thank you, Jesus, for this is the day that you have made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. Please give me the strength and the discernment to go through the day with wise decisions. Help me to work for you, not the people of the world. Making room and having him involved and being able to hear him is a winning formula to bring victory, peace and achieving these spiritual orders. Amen? Now I just said the word formula. What does that mean? Formula, a method or a procedure for achieving something. So what are we trying to achieve? spiritual order in our lives so if you change the steps in a formula what happens if you skip a step in a formula what happens if you try and make sense of it all and manipulate it to make your own answer what happens disorder this leaving you with the wrong answer and the desired outcome of what you were trying to achieve this causes that feeling of emptiness dissatisfaction Depression, frustration, and to the point where you find yourself sitting by a well, lost. So how many of us have found they're looking for comfort, self-worth, excitement, worthiness, and even love in those big four of sex, money, temptation, and power? So who can tell me, I'll give you a hint, Tonya spoke about it last week. There's another D word that the enemy uses. Distraction. It's so funny because I, I messaged Tanya while we were prepping for our sermons and said, so how are you going to tackle this? And she said it and I was like, same me. <laughs> this is awesome. must be God. So we know that disorder in our lives causes chaos and distraction. Ooh, excuse me. Before I keep reading. Do not love the world. 
Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life is not from the Father but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. Amen? Did you know in the Bible there's 49 verses about disorder? Now, if that isn't a warning sign, I do not know what is. These distractions, they have been caught up in your number one spot. Like I was saying about before, God's involved in every step. There's stuff in your life, whether it be sin, or the monetary value, or that drive for success, something that's been sitting in your number one. Do you really think when you go to support God in number one, that thing that's been sitting in number one is going to go, oh, sure, no worries. God's in the way, yep, go, go for it, take it easy. I'll just step out of the way. Of course not. The enemy's going to come back and he's going to come back hard with a thing called resistance. This is where we start playing the battlefield. <laughs> so what is making, what do you need to make room in your life? So we need to start seeing ourselves as a bit of a tree. Weird, I know, but let's have a look. John 15.2 says, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may be more fruit. Bear more fruit, sorry. So we see that we know, we grow, we serve, and we sow. Now it has to be done that order. Because if you did it backwards, it's not going to happen. We need to know first to grow. Then we grow to serve. And then when we serve, we sow on. So in that process of getting pruned, it's like a healing process where God prunes away the things that you've been doing good or bad and really reflects on the times where you need to change things in your life or maybe do a bit more of this, surrendering this, and it's just that healing process of growing as a person. And it's like putting someone on the front line in battle. You give them a gun and go, yep, no worries, do your thing, on the front line. They'll be gone in seconds. But by training, by doing those things of practice, learning about these things, you start developing becoming a person of battle. So don't be afraid when you put God first. It doesn't happen straight away because we need to practice and we need to fight and we need to put these things first to develop, to become a warrior. So like in Mark 4, the parable of the sower, other seed fell among the thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it and yielded no grain. And the other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain growing up and increasing and yielding 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. And this has been my favourite. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, I'm not going to disrespect the Bible whatsoever. This is purposely an illustration. Lucky I bought a hardcover. So how do we hear from God? One, we prioritise him. Two, we make room. And three, we stand on his word. Literally. Like a tree, when it grows its roots down into the ground, it's sourcing for nutrients and water to flourish and grow. And we as Christians need to start standing on our Bibles. We need to be drawing out all the goodness and promises of that. Could you imagine if each of us did that? Wow. Now I can't see. It does it every time. I need to get those like windscreen wipers from your glasses. 
So we see here it's important to choose what ground we're standing on, what we're making room for in our lives. Here's a perfect example, the gospel. We stand on the gospel, we read the word, we pray, we have community. Creates a disciple, and then from a disciple, creates the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? Now we see in Galatians, there's a bit of a huge warning. Galatians 5.19 Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality... You can read for yourselves. I warn you, as I warned you before, and those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Ouch. As my three-year-old son says, Lucas, ouchy wawa. That's some brutal context there, but there's a good bit. In 5.22, just further on, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such thing there is no law. Interesting. It didn't occur to me until I started writing this that I was like, well, it has no law. But it makes sense. You're not going to get in trouble for being way too kind, are you? Oh, that guy's way too loving. We're going to chuck him in the jail. No, because they're the fruits of the Spirit. They're good. So you see, can you hear a theme coming along as we're going through this? The Holy Spirit is wanting you to hear a relationship with our Father is a two-way street. We need to make room in our lives and he'll draw near to us. And when he draws near to us, we get to start listening and being put on the path that he has set for us. So coming back to the... Uh, oh, beautiful. You guys are doing a wonderful job back there. Come back to the uh, quote... Those who have lost their way can find their way. How do you find your way? Watch the road markers. Listen to those who have already travelled this way. Learn the difference between truth and opinions. Be humble and teachable. Make the one whose name is way the one you follow. He can bring you out of darkness into light. He can bring you out of bondage into freedom and out of despair into hope. So Jesus taught us how to spiritually win over the enemy and how we can be released from those things, and also refocus while there is resistance. So after Jesus' baptism, he was sent into the wild, into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit to be tested by the enemy. So Jesus spent 40 days fasting. Now, I don't know about you, but after 40 days, I mean, to be fair, I probably could do with a 40-day fast, but that's irrelevant. I sort of, you can imagine 40 days of fasting... You physically wouldn't be right in the head to make good decisions. Your mental status would be all over the place. And this is where the enemy jumps in. And Satan said, If you're the son of God, command the stone, become bread. And Jesus replied with scripture, Luke 4.3, telling Satan, Man does not live by bread alone. Then Satan took up Jesus and showed him all the kingdoms of the world, saying they're all under the devil's control. He's promised, he promised Jesus to give him if Jesus would fall down and worship him. And again we see Jesus quoted from the Bible, Deuteronomy 6.13, You shall worship the Lord your God, and have him only shall you serve. What a power move by Jesus. Like he's, He spent 40 days of fasting, physically not there, but spiritually still takes the authority over the enemy. You shall worship the Lord your God. I love that. That gives me jade up. That's so good. That was like one of those in the songs where sort of hell has lost another one. I am free. Oh, get it up. Yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> so good. 
But when Satan tempted Jesus the third time, he took him to the highest point of the temple in Jerusalem and dared him to throw himself down. The devil using Psalm 91, 11, 12, misusing the word, which he does often, by the way, to imply the angels would protect Jesus. Jesus came back with Deuteronomy 6, 16. You shall not put the Lord, again, power move, your God to the test. So here's the lesson in the winning formula to fight him back. So we see here that he couldn't defeat Jesus, so he flee. And the angels came and ministered to him. So there's a number of things there, but I just wanted to point out in that story So Jesus has just spent 40 days of fasting, but yet still spiritually remained the authority over the enemy. But the enemy was trying so, so hard to make him sin and distract him from the biggest goal of all, which is our salvation. Because if he sinned in that time, we wouldn't have that gift because he wouldn't be able to fulfill that covenant. Oh, here we go. Jacket time, eh? Now, I worked out last week at Salisbury that I haven't put this bad boy on for a few years. So just excuse me while I squeeze into this. <laughs> oh, this is so small. That 40-day 40, 40 fast is looking pretty good now, isn't it? All right, let's crack on. Wow, that is short. (laughs) All right, so Jesus shows us that using the word is what he did as a rebuttal to the and rebuke the enemy. So, what is God? What is what's full of what's in the Bible that's full of God's truth? And what does truth do? Sets you free. There you go. So that's when God left us the golden formula. Seeing that he could not defeat Jesus, he fleed. And we can do the same thing. We can rebuke the devil and his distractions and temptations and he will flee. And you're probably thinking, but yeah, but that's, that's Jesus. He's the son of God. He's more powerful than I am. He's more blessed than I am. Can I just tell you, stop believing that rubbish. Honestly. Because it says in 1 John 4, 4, Greater is he who lives in me. So that we have that power to rebuke the enemy like Jesus did because Jesus lives in us. Now I can't see again. Now Jesus rebuked the devil and played those power moves. And he showed that he had that power, that authority, the strength, the vision, and the security, and the love. Doesn't that sound like someone that rules over everything? Here's another one for you. So that same power lives in us. That we can tap into that. That we can wield that sort of power. I've always wanted to be a Jedi. (laughs) And I spiritually get to be. I always wanted to go... "Hmm." I just didn't know it would be in this context. So I'd invite the band to come forward as we're sort of closing up. I just wanted to be honest and say we've tried it the other ways of finding desire in certain areas. We're always chasing. We're always chasing. It's about time we put those things to bed and start being led 
In Jeremiah 29, 11, one of my favourite verses, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans of welfare, which mean good, and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Praise God, yeah? But there's probably a few of you out there, this is where it gets a bit heavy, there's probably a few of you out there that, um, start playing if you want, Luke, that you might sit there going, but I'm too far gone, Ev. I've done things in my life that I regret. I'm too consumed by these things that I need to focus on, that I want to get. You might have gone through a hard time. You might feel dirty or unclean or not worthy. I just want to show you something that I've seen. Who wants 20 bucks? That's it, all right. So God sees us like a $20 note, right? So I'm going to fold this in half and half again, half again. Really put some pressure into this bad boy. Still want it? Yeah, of course you do. All right. Let's give it a scrunch up. It's really just give it some, or give it with that. Yep. Who wants it now? Of course you do. Because God sees you the exactly the same way. Regardless of things that are going on. Your value never changed. If that's what if you feel like you don't know your value, God wants to show you his value. Because your value when he created you in your mother's womb and to where you are now sitting in your seats, your value has not changed regardless of what you've been through. Pain, trauma. Stuff you regret, thinking you're too far gone, it's rubbish. Your value never changes. So as this song, the worship team are going to lead into it, it's called Make Room, funnily enough. So I just want you to have that time to reflect, come down and get some prayer. If you want to put God first, if you want to make room for God and you don't know your value, come down. We need to start fighting for our faith. Isn't a thing like I'm coming down the front because I'm thing, no stand up for yourselves take pride in being a Christian so there's people down the front here, your leaders that love you, that care for you, that want to see you flourish so come down and get some prayers I'll let the worship team do their thing You've been listening to a message from Hope Central in Adelaide, South Australia If you want more information about who we are, visit us at hopecentral.org.au or join us for Sunday worship at any of our three campuses.